In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak. To get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Let's do a zip. Let's do a game of zip, zap, zap. Zip, zap, zap. That's what zip. you want to do. Yeah, zip, zap, zip, zip. No, zip, zap, zap, zap. No, zip, zap. It's nope. Zip. I fucking got an Uzi and I shoot you in the dick. Whoa. Is it like that? Is it like you know when the kids when you play like um, rock paper scissors and the kids like dynamite. Yeah, I do think kids nowadays are playing playing like Uzi, handgun, or grenade. And I'm not sure. I guess Uzi beats grenade, but grenade beats handgun. Mm-hmm. And Uzi definitely beats gun in, in uh, gun use instructor. That's for certain. <laughs> Holy lord! I saw that video. That hero that nine guy year old didn't stand a fucking chance. Well, I would say when you give a Uzi to a nine year old, step back. Don't put your yeah. face right in front. Of it's where the kind gun of like is. that. It's like if you give a mouse a cookie, right? You remember that book? It's like that, mm-hmm. but in the end of the "Give a Mouse a Cookie," I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read it. Does it kill the family? Yes, the cookie <laughs> was full of drugs and uh, uh-huh. other psychedelics, and then the mouse freaks out and gnaws down your face. Oh, I just saw. Oh, the cat. The cat is like ten times its size, and it's got an Abraham Lincoln's face to it. And I just gotta fucking kill it. I gotta <laughs> kill it. An Abraham Lincoln-looking cat. <laughs> Murder it. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined from all the way, all the way from beautiful Los Angeles by a It fella. is raccoon adventurer Henry Zabrowski. I will put this way. So I'm, I'm now living in Silver Lake, California, mm-hmm. which is very friendly sort of hipster community out here in Los Angeles. But what right. I will say is, is that, number one, people are suspiciously nice. Oh, I like hate someone that. Gave mm. me, someone gave me their table at breakfast. What do you mean? They were like literally like, "Oh, you need a table. Oh, uh, we sh- we should have been done anyway. You can sit at our table." They're <laughs> cultist. They're all yeah, cultists. Exactly. They're trying to recruit you into some disgusting uh sex ring and it's working. And second of all, the Hitler mustache is making a big return. <laughs> I thought Michael Jordan was the only one that could pull off that Hitler mustache. No, no, now you got kids with fucking, like, a weird Coca-Cola shirt on with a tiny little Hitler mustache and, like, a, and, and the gelled hair. They're dressing actively like Hitler out here. They're like, fine with it. Uh, also, the, the raccoons do literally roam the streets at night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, like, in roving packs. And I was told to get a stick. 
because sometimes they will attack you you're on the told, street. You're told a to get a, a raccoon stick yes. to carry around with you while you're jaunting around the neighborhood? I don't know what the fuck's happening in the city, but <laughs> well, these raccoons, are they are treated like royalty. They are let go. There should be a dude out here with a fucking scythe well, just the, cutting through these raccoons. If the Dan Aykroyd, John Candy movie, The Great Outdoors, taught us anything about raccoons... They're cocky, and they're assholes, <laughs> and they're rude. I'm very excited about today's episode. This is going to be, it's a two-parter. This is the first half of chemical testing in the U.S. government. A little bit different than MK Ultra. This is about um, really finding uh, the best chemicals to destroy the most amount of people. And well, who do we practice on? Our own soldiers. <laughs> the best part about this, the, the, the thing about this topic is that you can definitely see how MK Ultra could have used the data that came from Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland, uh, United States, which was a, a chemical weapon testing facility. Marcus will illuminate this further. But it's very interesting to know that, like, a lot of information came out on testing various weapon weaponized gases on our soldiers mm -hmm. and uh, psychedelic uh Drugs to, to sort of, you know, as we've already talked about it for MK Ultra, they're trying to make a super spy. This was to try, and they, they, the idea was they were trying to protect our soldiers right. by learning how to properly protect them from gas and psychedelic warfare. And this, of course, this started after World War II. And if you remember our so soldiers during World War II, they were kind of duds. And then we yeah. sent some people out to Vietnam, some of the coolest guys around, listening to cl uh, Creedence Clearwater uh, Revival and things like that. Well, they definitely were more violent in Vietnam. Yeah, they you know had I mean? to be. Except for on the beaches at Iwo Jima, because those people were, like, fighting with swords and shit. Yeah, it was a wild time. <laughs> so the Edgewood Arsenal facility from 1955 to 1975 was a place where the U.S. Army Chemical Corps conducted classified medical studies and about medical studies. Medical huh? studies, mm. exactly. There very was very similar to uh, Unit 731. It, this is once we get into it, you'll not mm -hmm. only see similarities to Unit 731, but you'll also see similarities to some of the Nazi medical experiments but during again, World War II. With the Nazi experiments. And with Unit 731, they were experimenting on their enemies. Yes. These were our soldiers. Yes. And while yeah. they did take a little bit more care than Dr. Mangala, mm -hmm. uh, they were still experimenting on United States soldiers. They experimented on 7,000 soldiers. Uh, they used more than 250 different chemicals. Here's uh, an example of some of the chemicals they used. They used nerve agents like VX uh, and sarin gas. If you remember sarin gas, there was a Japanese cult in the 90s that filled subways uh, in Japan yeah, full of sarin gas. It was terrifying. Uh, uh, and it, uh, what I will say, too, is I also, this uh, researching this topic made me really learn what nerve gas was. I hadn't actually n known what it does, but basically it just shuts off all your organs. Yeah, right. Basically, as fast it makes as it your, possibly it makes can. Your, it makes your nerve seize in your brain and all over your body. So it's like ev your whole body just shuts down. So technically, it's sort of humane because you die almost immediately. But the, the 15 microseconds before you die are pretty rough. Yeah. It's also very good if you're at karaoke and you want to sing a song called uh, Have a Little Help from My Friends, but you really want to look like <laughs> Joe Cocker when you're singing. <laughs> uh, the worst part about nerve agents, though, is not the people who die, but the people who are exposed to only a small amount of it. Say... 
you know, you're in the World War II battlefield. You're uh, right. out there in the battlefields of France. You're out there in the trenches. The guys that are in the middle of the gas cloud, they die instantly. But say you're on the very edge of the gas cloud and you only get a small, tiny, minuscule dose of it. Mm-hmm. You're about to go through an extremely painful time. Adolf Hitler, for example, was exposed to nerve gas. He went blind for two weeks. And when but he then, woke up, World War One was over. Oh, but he missed like, World War One. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And and then a point zero 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 five will like automatically learn how to play the piano. So you don't know, <laughs> right? Right. If it's going to be good or bad. You know, sometimes you t- you you know that experiment turns you into Spider Man, and sometimes that experiment turns you into Lenny from Of Mice and Men. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave Lenny alone. I think Lenny's got a bad rap throughout history. Well, they also used. Uh, Atropine and scopolamine, uh, which are very... Scopolamine is the zombie drug. That Mm -hmm. is the most powerful drug on the face of the planet, what they use in South America in order for people to go and, like, steal money out of their ATMs and fiddle with their balls. (laughs) So they literally, they'll have a whole night of activity and not remember any of it. Yeah. I mean, this kind of like, um, Tecates. Right? Yes. (laughs) Tecates and two or three Xanax, and then you hit a bowl, and then the next thing you know, you've signed up for a blood drive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Zabrowski, I don't think we're going to need your blood here you're highly intoxicated and you're currently uh, you're you're drinking some of it but i have all this blood it's in me you're right right <laughs> no you're just cutting yourself right now sir they use irritants and riot control agents tear gas uh and the like uh, of course they used lsd uh cannon uh, cannabinoids they used uh pop but they used highly concentrated thc what we call oils called, today uh red oil yeah red oil cool. uh and they used uh pcp We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Yeah, it's really so fun. much fun. That's really funny what they do with the PCP. <laughs> and they also used uh, a chemical compound called BZ, uh, which is extremely powerful. The effects last over a period of three days, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into how they use that to really fuck with soldiers during certain tests. And how is this like- different than a weekend at Charlie Sheen's house? <laughs> <laughs> that is voluntary, and I think uh-huh. you know what you're going into with uh, Charlie Sheen's That's house. That's true. Yeah, 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 but and Jenna Jameson this. isn't there just telling everybody how things used to be. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they also experimented with alcohol and caffeine on those guys, although that was definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. Yeah, and I, mean, I will so say that what... I'm doing tests pretty similar to Edgewood in that effect in my apartment here in Silver Lake, California. <laughs> right. So some guys were just like full of uh, LSD, other guys were serenaded, and other guys just walked out of there being like, I love Colombian coffee. <laughs> I can't get enough of Colombian grade coffee. Yes, I gotta well, tell you, I can't tell the difference between the crystals and the ground coffee. This is unbelievable. <laughs> that guy went on to become CEO of Folgers. Yeah, Edgewood went on to make all of those gotcha commercials from the 1980s, switching crystals for real coffee. <laughs> Edgewood did actually do some good things. Before we get into the terrible stuff, Edgewood do, did do a couple of things to advance the cause of humanity. They were the first to design uh, Kevlar vests, bulletproof oh. vests. Uh, and they learn that the hard way each time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with that experiment. Well, we shot one guy without any vest, and then yeah. we put a shirt on somebody. Those They both died. <laughs> what we need is a sort of, we definitely just needed a, it's a clean testing area, so we had to have one with no vest at all. <laughs> yeah, what poor sucker has to be the first vest guy? <laughs> Stand there, we're going to shoot you. No idea if it works yet. <laughs> all right, well, I've just been in a dinner here for, for only 49 years, and so I can't believe I, I'm almost cleaning this floor since you were a baby, Dr. Ketchup. <laughs> How'd he die? 
He was a hero. <laughs> the, uh, some of the experiments they used for mustard gas, that was the basis for early cancer chemotherapies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there was a guy named John Clements. He made a discovery about how surfactants, which, you know, that's detergents, cleaner, mm. household cleaners, behaved in the lungs, which saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of children. They changed the way a lot of those things were made. Uh, these things that were, you know, because in the 50s, right. we used a lot of stuff that killed a lot of kids. Right. Because we just didn't test it. We didn't really know what it was. We just put a bunch of compounds together, found out that it took a stain out of a carpet and put it on the market. Right, right. But now, these were this is some my problem. Were we, were we killing kids or were we making further generations of kids stronger? <laughs> That's a good point. So. So the beginnings of Edgewood. Edgewood has been around since the early 1900s. It's been around since World War I, because, of course, World War I was when the most intense bout of chemical warfare that the world has ever seen occurred. Like It was every single battle. Well, not every single, but most of the trench warfare battles mm-hmm. uh, were decided through chemical warfare, uh, and it was horrific. It was uh, the worst deaths imaginable. They also had no idea what they were doing. Gas yeah. mask technology was also way far behind. And so no, they were just, just dumping your underwear on your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even that much of an exaggeration. Ah, uh, Johnny, you gotta tie that scarf shot. It's like it's a scarf just wrapped around his face. Yeah. It's it is very like they were just shooting this poisonous gas out there. And so basically what what Edgewood was started on the basis of was how to make war more humane. Which is fucked up. It's very ironic. No, we'll hear much more about the justifications of these people later. Uh, This is what a private, an army private wrote in 1918 uh, concerning Edgewood. He said, uh, Everyone we talked to on the way out here said we were coming to the place God forgot. They tell tales about men being gassed. Burned. <laughs> Gassed and burned. Yeah. It'd so, get a tight little girl walking around. She'd get all the boys real good, stiff and hard. Till you, it, it, it was this new syndrome. It's called the blue balls. Have you seen it? Your <laughs> balls become so full of juice and semen, they become blue to the texture. So you, and, well, it's a torture in and of itself. <laughs> you're equating mustard gas to blue balls. <laughs> hmm. So 1941, Franklin D. Roosevelt appointed this guy named Alfred Richards, who was a respected pharmacologist, to coordinate wartime medical research. Year after that, Richards decides, okay, we've been testing on animals for a long time, but we really need to use humans. Yep. Who are we going to use? Soldiers. Yep, done testing on those pesky animals. It's time to up uh, up your game. Oh, and the uh, testing on animals that they filmed, they filmed a ton of this stuff. Like, right. all of this uh, stuff that we're going to be talking about today, like, this is all well documented. A lot of the research that we got was from uh, an amazing series of New Yorker right. articles. It was like these baseball. New Yorker articles and then also this, uh, hold on one second. This is really where this is where the testing went, but on another level, though, like baseball. Remember, Babe Ruth was playing and Mickey Mantle, but then that was a fine game. Uh, what made it better? Jackie Robinson. <laughs> They're stepping up their game. And also the documentary Bad, Bad Trip to Edgewood that oh. features a lot because they filmed everything. Yes. And they, they hit it and they hit it. And it's an hour long. It's an hour of basically just pure Edgewood material. And this shit is fucking psychedelic. Just it's just like... It, yeah. 
the whole thing would be an awesome just backdrop to a party and you toss some nine inch nails on it and you put the documentary on, <laughs> right. on mute and it's just like and you get like a girl sidled over and you'd like tell her about how like you know like sometimes you have dark thoughts and she's like I want to help you like that's what will help you <laughs> yeah then you end up in a CeeLo Green situation oh, no. um but the, that is funny that you mentioned that, and I guess we'll get into more of that uh, in part two. But yeah. the one thing about the uh, the, the st- bad trip in Edgewood, uh, I think it wasn't so much the uh, the drugs; it was the the military instructor screaming at him, <laughs> acid, and just being scolded is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll get, talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, that'll be in part two. Uh, and if you watch this video, you also see the uh, tests they used uh, involving animals. They did a lot of gas mask tests with goats. For some they reason, it's they funny. would. It's really actually. I mean, yeah. a lot of the goats died. Almost uh, all of the goats died. Mm. Uh, but they found out that the research they were doing on these animals was not uh, transferable to what the effects were on humans. Uh, one of the guys said, "In the hands of competent experimenters, much can be learned concerning the prevention and treatment of gas burns in men without subjecting them to more than relatively trivial annoyance or disability." Now, he's we're a sociopath. Exactly, yeah, he's a sociopath. And we're going to see what exactly what trivial annoyances and disabilities that they did to these people, which is absolutely insane. And what I do like with, with all of those videos, honestly, bad trip, bad trip to Edgewood leads with these videos of the animal experimentation, and mm. it's so fucked up and dark because it's just like it's just them taking the cutest puppies. And like just sticking them in their their heads in a box full of liquefied LSD, right. and it's just put them all in the head, and then it's just them just going like, la, 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 la. <laughs> it's just like honestly, it's like the beginning of YouTube is like right there. <laughs> right. It's like David after dentist, but it's just give a cat a hundred times the normal human dose of LSD and watch what it does. Yeah, they uh, put a cat into a tiny little box, gave it a shit ton of LSD, and they just started setting mice loose. I'll tell you, it was a bad day for a cat. Great day for those mice, though. <laughs> those mice were destroying that cat. It was also very interesting to watch the collection of cats form a loose sort of baseball game. Oh, featuring I loved a, it. a chopstick that they found in a garbage can and then a rolled up piece of paper. And it was just sort of like, that. that is interesting. Grumpy cat. That is the a, that's, it didn't know the experiment was going to go there. So in 1948, the uh, scientists decided that if they were really going to get some solid test results, they had to start experimenting on soldiers who had no idea w- what was going to happen to them. Right. Uh, but only so, the most, only the strongest of the soldiers. Yes. It was, of, the, it was the top 25%. What do they call them? The, the astronaut class? Yes, they called them the astronaut class. The uh, top 25%, those guys would be tested with the nerve agents, and the bottom 25%, those guys would be testing equipment. Shouldn't we be also, sending the lower 25% into space? <laughs> why, are we getting all, why are we getting rid of all of our good ones? Sending them to the moon. We've got wars to um, fight here also, on Earth. Astronaut class is an amazing prog rock band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard them. They're wonderful. <laughs> so an Edward test subject, uh, he said that he was given the nerve agent VX, which we talked about, which we mentioned earlier. And VX, when it's applied to the skin, it's 100 times as deadly as sarin. So mm. an officer comes to the soldier's bedside. He draws a tiny little circle on his arm, and then another doctor comes in with a syringe and squirts a drop of liquid onto his skin. And they said the effect wasn't, wasn't necessarily immediate, but it was rapid. And the yeah. uh, subject, he heard other people groan, and he, started, he heard one dude say, like, oh, shit. 
<laughs> it probably Which is what, just sounds like yeah. you ever heard Eddie Larson from Roundtable Story of the time when he was serving as the 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 head of this graduation chair and he had to like organize the graduation ceremony and he was to lead this group of kids and he went over to his he, they were all going to do acid after graduation and his dealer went up to him and he was just like okay here I'm just going to put these on these tabs for you and Ed held the tab and then he missed and squirted the whole bottle onto his hand and so he just <laughs> became a tripping madman and just imagine that but it's it is a drug a hundred times more powerful than lsd right no like, this is a hundred times more powerful than sarin but no but i mean yeah. like what did this effect yeah. was bordering because it made you kind of trip balls a little bit and that vx was a, a chemical that hitler was literally jealous of yeah because they had been they the nazis had been working with poisonous gases for so long and then finally it was like vx was like the fucking magic johnson of, of gases and we had figured out of course because we're the inventors of jazz and stand-up comedy <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. well, one of the reasons why America was so jazzed on getting a lot of chemical compounds and using a lot of chemical warfare was because this whole thing ties loosely into Operation Paperclip, which Operation Paperclip, uh, if you remember, was the uh, U.S. operation to take Nazi scientists and bring them over to America to work for us. If it wasn't for Operation Paperclip, we never would have gone into space. And no, they just Scott Bush was sitting in a hot tub with fucking Goebbels every fucking weekend talking about how best. <laughs> To make our boys all loopy. That's all they did. Was like technically they were like party masters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they were yeah, just yeah. like how are we gonna make these boys trip nuts this week? And he's like, well, what we used to do in Germany is we used to cut the penis off of one of the twins and see if the other twin felt it. And he's just and like, they did. How about just like weed oil? <laughs> yeah. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. Um, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere, and I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved. 
okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year, and that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into giraffe rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah. Toss that rock. Come on, guys. Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basketball. Pricebooks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla playing basketball? Woo-wee, dog. Then it would be more like baseball. But Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Yeah, they were sort of like that uh, party monster character. So the guy that was given the VX, he said that there was a radio on in the room, and he said the words made very little sense. He said there was a very calm disassociation from his environment. Uh, They gave him food, and he said that he had no idea what to do with the utensils in front of him. And he said as the test continued, he uh, this wave of tension just came over him, and he said that all of his nerve endings felt like they were being crushed in a vice. And this is, you know, and this is from a tiny little drop on his skin. Imagine if this stuff had been weaponized and put into a gas and sprayed out over a battlefield. Then no one would know how to eat. (laughs) And then they couldn't stab us with those forks that we were fighting with. Real send to Wisconsin. Yeah. Send us to that. Uh, the other thing is, too, is like this is just a high I've been searching for for so long. You know what right. I mean? I've, I've been smoking this this medical weed out here, this this strain called Charlie Sheen, and it makes me like I'm, I'm like on top of a lamp. I'm like on top of a lamp crouched like a gargoyle after I smoke like a bowl of it. Seems a little warm, though. Uh, what What condition did you tell the doctors that you had in order to get medical marijuana? I said that I was looking to get kaleidoscope vision um, and that 
I, uh, oh, that yes. normal vision is too boring for me and that I'm too fast. I said the people keep telling me that I'm too fast and I'm too active, that I'm too productive. Oh, okay. we'll and just they were put like, you we'll down as a, a uh, we'll just put you down as a speedy creative then. <laughs> That'll be good. So at Edgewood during these gas chamber te- or during these gas tests, they had an actual gas chamber that they used. Uh, the whole thing was salvaged from a World War One Navy ship, uh, which means it was airtight. The walls were extremely thick metal, and the only window outside was a nice little porthole. And this is where the uh, uh, seven unit seven thirty one thought uh, came into my mind, where they yeah. used to put them in the uh, in the chamber, uh, uh, pressurized chamber, and turns out humans don't like a lot of pressure. <laughs> That's why we lived right here on Earth. No, we pop like little grapes. Yep. The other thing is to it's like, but the, I, I feel like should we not have learned from the term fucking gas chamber? Should we not have right. learned from that term at this point? Can we call it like this is our gas nook? Have you seen yeah. our gas nook? I would nook? just get rid of gas in general. A human yeah, refrigerator just call- or just a playpen. Just like experiment room. You can yeah. call it anything and you make it like navy themed and you put like a the, totally. put the porthole and you do like fun like you know you draw like ocean scene on the wall like a nice mural with like Captain America on it. Absolutely. So this chamber was a perfect cube. All dimensions were nine feet, which is not a lot of space. That's no, really, no. really fucking small. And the only source of light inside was a 100-watt bulb mounted behind an explosion-proof shield. Mm. And they had in this nine-by-nine-by-nine-foot room up to seven men at any given time. And they were all tripping nuts. Uh, well, I mean, that's what these guys, what they, uh, they weren't tripping nuts at the time. Okay. Uh, they, these guys, they participated in, in chamber tests, uh, and they told them when they were going to go into this chamber, they told them that they were going to be testing summer clothing. Ooh. <laughs> so it was like a J. Crew catalog, and they're yeah. just going in there with their Nantucket shorts on and fedoras, <laughs> just being like, no, oh, this is going to be a fun party. I hope Barbie's there. <laughs> and they were told that they were doing this in exchange for extra leave time before or being sent overseas. Uh, and well, you hear that a lot from witnesses yeah. on bad, edge to, uh, bad trip to Edgewood, and they all say the same thing. Was basically, it was, they were like, hey, would you rather pull another lab, like lab uh, latrine duty, or would you rather come to Edgewood and try some cough medicine? And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all these people volunteered, basically yeah. thinking they were getting the easy way out of like doing chores in the army, but instead they were gassed. Yeah. in a tiny room. They were lied to. They were all lied to. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't even until they arrived at uh, Edgewood that they were told that they were going to be doing gas chamber tests. And even after they were told that they were doing gas chamber tests, they uh, the officials refused to tell them what they were about to be exposed to. So it's like you, right. can, you line up. And then what they did is they lined these guys up. Sometimes they were uh, dressed in protective clothing. Other times they were completely naked. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, how do you feel when you're just like, well, Brian's got a whole gas mask on. What? Why can't I just get a gas mask? Can I have a gas mask too? No, now give me your pants as well. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I mean, you mean my balls are gonna be out and he's got a full, he literally has a suit of armor on. <laughs> All nude. <laughs> so according to uh, the protocol, uh, the door would could never be open for longer than five seconds. So these guys are lined up, sometimes naked. They have five seconds to run inside and get the door shut because if they didn't get the door shut in time, too much of the gas would go out into the air and the experiment would be ruined. Uh, 
So to about 10 seconds before they were about to leave, after they'd been in there for a while, uh, the attendant would bang on the door. They're like, all right, boys, 10 seconds. Be sure to get out. And then as soon as they opened the door, they ran out again, had less than five seconds. No matter what had happened to them inside, no matter how badly they were burned by gas, right. no matter the respiratory problems that they had, they had, again, five seconds to get out. And by the way, there was a handle on both sides. One on the inside, though, didn't work. But I like that, though, because it trained those guys not to get in the way when you're going into a Dwayne Reed or when you're going into a Walgreens. I hate when people open the door, door all slow and they mosey on out. Get in there. Get out of there. Also, these guys would be superstars at a bar bathroom. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Any sort of concert outhouse, these guys know how to open and close a door and get out. So when they were testing protective clothing, uh, they did what they called man break tests. Oh, that sounds like a great test to be a part of. (laughs) So they put these guys in protective clothing, they put them in gas masks, and they left them in this chamber for anywhere between one and four hours. And then what they would do is they would play with the humidity and temperature of the room. What they were saying is an amount of gases. So they leave them there for hours and then see how they could handle... They wanted to simulate jungle uh, temperatures because at this point, literally, and this this was during the lead-up to Vietnam as well, they had already known... Because, I mean, we did the Gulf of Tonkin and basically forced ourselves into Vietnam. They were, they were knowing that we were heading into jungle warfare soon. Yeah. And so they were trying to create a line of protective armor for people. Because assuming that the Viet Cong or whoever we were fighting was going to use weaponized gases and not a series of bamboo-laden booby-trap tunnels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we should have been training for this whole time, which they should have been doing this fucking obstacle course. It was yeah. mostly Dookie that brought us down, actually, in <laughs> Vietnam, if you really think about it. Well, our eyes were all on Russia at this time. Of course, this is when the Cold War is really starting to ramp up, and we knew that Russia was testing chemical weapons just as much as we were, and we knew that they knew that we were testing chemical weapons. It's, right. It's, so we're trying to be in a chemical... I mean, we're in a race with Russia with everything at this point, but we're definitely in a chemical weapons race. So I, watch I will say we definitely won the race of dental care. Oh, we <laughs> will say Destroy that. the Russians in nice-sized foreheads. And the, uh, the other thing... Oh, it was a great documentary though the uh, Dom- Donald Rumsfeld one, the unknown known. Yeah, and they were talking about how uh, Dick Cheney and him they just completely inflated the Russian numbers, and for the most part, the Russians were uh, you know they were tough, but they weren't that damn tough. No, and I guarantee you we were. We, we, were, uh, we were winning the gas game. No, the most famous story was when Russian jets uh, oh, yeah, would fly off. They'd, they would fly off of the tarmac. They'd go to a different location, repaint the whole jet, and then come back and fly that one off again. So they it's would... It's like a cartoon. Yeah, it's like a cartoon that, because they didn't have that many jets. MiGs was what they had, right? Like yeah. the, Those were the, the Russian like jets. Like 12 of Everybody, them. And they were only testing this stuff to show the Russians that they were testing it. Yeah. It's all a big, gigantic game, and the people that got punished were the soldiers. Yeah. Well, like, everybody else was fine. They were all using these guys like fucking pawns. I will say, though, th- this is not the worst experimentation we've ever seen on soldiers. Most of these people no. came out of there and were actually okay, and we'll get more into that in part two. Some of these people were like, can I come back next weekend? There, I love that LSD. That's what... 
that's what Dr. Ketchum, the guy who was in charge of the LSD test, was like, that was his big point at the end of right. Bad Trip of Edgewood. He's like, you got you guys always bring out all these people who say they're all depressed and screwed up, but there are several people who said that they it made them pretty groovy. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know what those people were given? They were given Demerol. The yeah. people who said, <laughs> the people, like, I found that out in the New Yorker articles, that the people who said, like, this is amazing. Those guys were given Demerol. They were given a yeah, sedative. They won they the lottery. Michael Jackson juice and feeling <laughs> right. amazing. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, horrible experiments, the going back to the gas chambers, uh, these guys, what they would do is uh, they would bring them out of these four-hour sessions, uh, and then they would examine the bodies of the soldiers, and if there weren't any burns on the soldiers... Uh, th- uh, Private Stevens, why are you rock hard right now? You are... Why, why do you have a the- gas chamber? I am loving the gas chamber, and I'm loving being there with all these men. <laughs> and that's how you get out of that. That's immediately how you get out of that. If you go, if you go into a gas chamber yep. with seven other men, and you just go like, Eep, they're like, all right, well, he's not ready for war. And that's like, what I was thinking. I, you. I, I mean, obviously, prisoners of war, they've been all over the news lately. And I did. I was thinking about the other day, what if you just like start getting tortured, and you just start to like love it? More, yeah, 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 more. with the Yeah, electrodes, yeah, yeah. They'll you just stop. go to start sucking the other guy's dick. Yeah, they're just because they're going like, well, I'm going to just go, well, do you mind if I suck your dick? Because <laughs> I'm just, and then you'll be out of there in a second. Oh, yeah, they're so homophobic. That's how you get out of all these masculine challenges. Just pretend like they make you aroused. So after they examined these soldiers, if there weren't any burns on their bodies, they ordered them to go back to the gas chamber Ugh. every single day until they did get burned. And right. a lot of the tissue damage was all over their bodies. It took more than a month to heal a lot of these guys. And the ones that became sick during these tests, they said that they were threatened with court martials if they didn't continue to go into the chamber every single day until they did get burned. So by the end That's of it, like they the- all looked like that tan mom from New Jersey who <laughs> spends half of her life in the in the uh, old sunning booths. The yeah. other thing too is like what they don't talk about here too is this sort of just how. It, it, it is against the nature of any soldier of any bit of the training to, to deny what your superior tells you to do. Absolutely. So the, what Dr. Ketchum also then says later on is that, like, they had the option to leave. They always had the option to quit. And it's like, no, they didn't. No, you There's don't. There's a yeah. cycle. No, you were forced to agree. Yeah. And they also right. say that during these gas chamber tests uh, that some guys would collapse in the chamber. After they collapsed, they would be dragged away. And they said that they never saw those guys ever again. So it's very likely that a lot of the that yeah. a fair amount of guys died during these gas chamber experiments. I doubt they just reassigned those, them. Marcus, those guys well. were sent to that big awesome soldier farm upstate. Yeah. <laughs> because there was, so there was room for them to run and, and, and stay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also what happened in World War Two with all the people that were put on the on the trains. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, went to a, they went to a mountain land. Have a great time somewhere in Aruba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. And even though we don't know how many people were tested during this time, uh, we do know through records that uh, the Chemical Corps Medical Division, uh, they sent letters to more than a thousand soldiers, and they thanked them for, quote, subjecting themselves to pain, discomfort, impossible permanent injury for the advancement of research and protection of our armed forces. But they really did. Yeah. They I really mean, did. Uh, again, thousands of kids did. were saved and because I, of these things. You know, and I really, I do want to say this about Edgewood. Uh, is for the most part, this is a very good example of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, we'll because get- all of these scientists came out and they all, I mean, they all also, of course, because it was their job.
jobs to defend it. But they all say the same thing of just being like, we were doing this for, for good reasons. We were trying to defend against gas attack and against these types of things and figure out how to make a weaponless war. Um, but they're just all just so stupid. But that being said, though, at the same time, they had no concern for these players. They're like an athletic director in a major NCAA football program who gives a full scholarship and the guy stubs his toe or breaks his ankle. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Got to let you go. You can no longer help us win. I mean, they were total. They had no concern for these soldiers' lives whatsoever. No, no. There was a whatsoever. bottom line. And the big thing, too, is where this VX came out of, which I find really the, like one of those like fucked up things is that the reason why sarin doesn't work very well is because it doesn't have a long shelf life in mm -hmm. terms of being lethal is that once you release the gas once it disturb once it like disperses it's not lethal so it's basically only works the first time you shoot it and so vx came out as a thing of being like kind of making it more napalmy which is like we're gonna make sure that it comes out and it sticks to them and you know, it's when god was more lethal when god was creating semen he had a similar problem and that's why now semen is so sticky <laughs> i remember that old psalm uh, slick was the semen that didn't make a babe sticky was the semen that made solomon's hair you know what i mean <laughs> That's right. That's right, Henry. I didn't know you, you read the Bible. I went to Catholic school. Very good. Well, the government not only tested on soldiers very quickly, just a quick reminder uh, that the government also tested on regular United States citizens. In 1951, they sprayed a bacteria over San Francisco in which 11 people were hospitalized. Marcus, one get more, died. get more into this. This yeah. was a, The general public was not informed that this was going to be happening. God, no. And there are plenty. There are also there are things that happen in St. Louis uh, that people... People, you know, are it's still rumored, but there are definitely some that are very confirmed, such as Operation Big City, mm -hmm. which they did here in New York and uh, cities all across America. But us here in New York City, we were definitely the uh, ground zero for it. That was in February 1956. Uh, there were definitely there were a and they would fill light bulbs, right, for all intents and purposes, with bacteria and just drop them down in the subway system. Yeah, they would fill light bulbs with bacteria and they'd throw them in front of trains so they could see how fast the bacteria bacteria could spread. Which we didn't is, give a shit. No. And then, like we've learned and we did, when we were first talking about MK Ultra, we learned this story because it was like their favorite thing to do was because the idea is that they wanted to see what the true effects were. So they didn't want to let anybody know that they were being dosed. So CIA right. members were dosing each other with LSD and and different drugs all the time. And this is Operation Big City is where the story came from of the uh, the CIA operative who was dosed and then committed suicide by jumping out of a window. And they had these sort of they would connections to whorehouses in New York where they would help them dose Johns. Uh, and we cover that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've covered this in uh, our chemical war. We had a chemical warfare episode a long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, and we also covered a little bit in MK Ultra. But, I mean, it does, uh, you know, I don't know if the uh, CIA introduced crack in the 70s or 80s or whatnot, but it certainly doesn't seem like it's outside of their wheelhouse. They literally were testing unbelievably dangerous bacteria on random strap hangers in New York City. And, and uh, all of this is documented, and all of this has been, it was tried in court. These right. are, these people they were said, paid the, reparations. The federal government, 22 years later, after somebody died, I forget the name of the fellow, filing was just like, eh, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and they also gave the family $675,000 in reparations for right. that. I'll take it. 
Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> so in 1947, this guy, uh, Al Soft Corwin, uh, mm. he was consulting for the government as far as chemical warfare went, and he just kind of said, almost as an afterthought, he said, one rather spectacular possibility should certainly be called to attention. This is the possibility of producing mass hallucinations and uncontrollable hysteria by intoxication. It was a throwaway line. It was just right. like, you know, and this is also interesting. Well, that was, that was yeah, under the... produce mass hallucinations and uncontrollable hysteria. But, you know, I mean, in the end, we would need some kind of awesome rock music to supply that as well. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, the chapter head was like, how to make Fourth of July better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, is that if you take all the sinister stuff out of this, right. I'm just be like, fuck yeah. I know. <laughs> up, man. It doesn't matter what we say. I'm still sort of like, uh, I'm going to volunteer. Yeah. So this guy, L. Wilson Green, he took that sentence and he ran with it. He combined that sentence with all the Army's research uh, that they had done over the last, you know, 30, 40 years on nerve agents. And he wrote uh, a classified report. It was called Psychochemical Warfare, A New Concept of War. And I think this right here, you know, we, we talked about it earlier, but this little paragraph right here, this is the basis of all of this. He said, Throughout recorded history, wars have been characterized by death, human misery, and the destruction of property, each major conflict being more catastrophic than the one preceding it. I am convinced that it is possible, by means of the techniques of psychochemical warfare, to conquer an enemy without the wholesale killing of his people or the mass destruction of his property. Let's well, blow people's fucking domes apart. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like reading all this last night and just fucking listening. To, I, I looked up a bunch of Hendrix and I was just getting high as shit. Yeah. And just listen to Hendrix just going like, woo, woo, I'm working in the army. Well, a lot of people do believe that Jimi Hendrix was a CIA uh, experiment. Yeah, it's very possible. Hey, man, it's a pretty fucking groovy one. And I'll I take nine more of them, please. Because yeah. it's better so, than whatever Iggy Azaleas are going on right now. What is the logic here from this guy then? So again, like you were saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. He was trying to create a more... He was trying to create a war without killing. So he would just everyone just freaks out and yeah. starts dropping trow and dancing or yeah. what? He was trying to create a war in which the soldier could be, the soldier of the opposing country could be inc incapacitated, right. rounded up, and kept imprisoned. Which you is know, interesting because now we're seeing the same thing happening, but it's with technology. So instead of now, it's the way now they're doing the same thing with drones and robots for our soldiers, which is the idea of taking the human element out of war, because then what you'll do is, is you then war can happen constantly. Oh yeah, and that's that's kind of the idea. Is that like there it, there is that sort of 1984 edge to this, which is a country is more profitable when it's in wartime. Like, how do we keep war going all the time? Death is very unpopular with the people. They hate seeing six million people die because everyone gets all fucking bummed out. So I mean, how it do we make it so I don't it's think cool. A lot of people enjoy watching the enemy die. You know, I mean, I and think they got, do, but I mean, the more people die, the less consumers you have. I don't think they actually, I don't think that they do. They talked about this. That's the reason why that they, like there's a, like even right now, there's a, a controlled effort to make sure that no footage of dead soldiers and dead oh, yeah, soldiers in Iraq are shown on American news front. That's like the problem with this sort of like this weird 
you'll see it because now what they're doing is like they're letting that ISIS reporter that the beheading get leaked so that people will rally behind us going to fight ISIS. Well, it's a, they it's, will not show a, yeah. American shoulders get murdered because that makes everybody all fucking sad. Yeah, it's well, the difference course. between uh, Vietnam and uh, the Iraq War. It is In one Vietnam, of the great ironies of the uh, ISIS situation, though. They're always saying that this is an ISIS propaganda film, and it is to yeah. some degree. Um, and we're but spreading it. It works it. the exact same way for us, yeah. you know? Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because i just moved here to los angeles i got a yard now and i'm doing all the landscaping myself i love working in my garden i love planting stuff i love growing stuff and the cool thing about fast growing trees that i really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in i'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so the main guy in charge let's go through some of the scientists that were involved uh, over at edgewood in these programs Ooh. uh the main guy his name was uh, colonel james ketchum and he's a guy that is uh spoken out many a times about the effectiveness of this and how it was a positive force he even wrote a book in 2006 defending himself uh as far as his experiments went but i'll tell you this yeah. right here uh what he says about uh the chechen moscow theater incident i think this really sums up a lot 
lot of what this guy's all about. If you remember in 2002, uh, the, some Chechen uh, guerrillas, they seized a theater in Moscow. There were about You're talking about people, not monkeys, right? I'm talking about people. Human oh, beings. Cool. <laughs> cool. They might be Russian, but they're still people, Henry. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, you know, it's a gorilla's joke. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yes, okay. I, that, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I didn't. It went right over my yeah. head. Yeah. What do you, real quick, what do you think about those videos, those ISIS videos? Do you, and we'll, we'll talk about it on Able Against Top Hat, but do you think those are staged? Uh, I think that part of it is, yes. Right? Because there's yeah. no way you can behead somebody with that little knife. No, and not that quickly either. Right. It takes a, yeah, dismembering a person is very difficult and very time consuming. It's very No, and we're helping them make it. I wouldn't be surprised if you got fucking, what's his name back there? You got Francis Ford Coppola filming the whole thing. You like think Coppola's Cooper. in on it? No, nah, I think Tom <laughs> Savini. I think Nicolas Cage would be asking for a role if Coppola was involved. <laughs> no, nah, they got Tom Savini back there working <laughs> yeah. for him. They've got a gun to his daughter's head. And right. Say, fucking the do it like the thing. Desperado. The crash gun from Desperado is like fully loaded, and he's like, you know, we make these for real. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. So catch him. Yeah, so catch him. Uh, talking about the Chechen military uh, crisis, these uh, Chechens, they uh, held 800 people hostage, and uh, the Moscow, the uh, Russian military, mm-hmm. they flooded this entire place full of gas, uh, and the special forces went in, and they ended up killing 130 citizens right. and trying to save all of them. Uh, but Ketchum said, you know, it's been looked at by some skeptics as a kind of tragedy. They say, look, 130 people died. Well, I think that 130 is better than 800, and it's also better as a secondary consideration not to have blown up a beautiful theater. Oh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a shame when they tore the theater down that Abraham Lincoln was shot in. Mm. <laughs> it was a shame to see it go. Another scientist was a guy named Van Murray Sim, and this boy, guy says, this guy is amazing. He is a character. What was Ketchum's role, though, in the, in the actual experiments? Was uh, he the one who was giving uh, all the doses of LSD? He was like the that? lead scientist. He wasn't the guy in charge of the entire thing, but he was uh, one of the main scientists. And like I said, he's the one that's spoken out about it uh, the in most. In defense of it. In defense yes, of it. Right. And he's he, I, would, who come, I would argue he's the only one working, uh, speaking out in defense of it. Mm. Because what he did was, because he likes to say a lot of stuff that, that the soldiers then refute, where he says... Mm. That, that they were given ample time to ask questions, that there was a certain amount of blind testing that had to happen, so they could not let them know exactly what was going on all the time. He said that they, te- I mean, again, they technically had the ability to drop out, but no soldier would because right. they're they're trained to obey orders and it's like, and obey their superiors. Well, and, 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 also- and another thing with the dropping out, I mean, uh, and a lot of these people who were uh, victims of these experiments, they had extreme psychological damage, but if they would have gone to the doctor, the doctor would have said, get out of here. You're fired. You're out of the military. And they all have it's families. Like any, it's like any other problem where it's like, basically all these guys were kind of promised, hey, when you're out of the army, we'll make sure you're okay after all this. But then none of them did. No, they so, were just given was, a bunch of cardboard and, and crayons to write their homeless signs uh, yeah. with. Yeah, there was zero follow-up as far as uh, checking these guys out to making sure they were okay over the years. Zero. Uh, so this guy, Van Murray Sim, known as, uh, affectionately known as the Mangala of Edgewood. Then hmm. it's the most affectionately you can give that nickname. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you can technically call me Mangala of Fishtop. 
tacos, but only because of what I do to him. Yeah, sometimes you, know? you mix him with the beef tacos. <laughs> Just to see what happens. Mm. And Van Murray Sim, he was special in the way that he made a point of trying every single drug before they were tested on soldiers. Well, he loved this shit. Oh, right. he loved it. Uh, a lot. Of, sometimes when he tested the uh, drugs, all of the doctors at Edgewood would crowd around him, and he uh, would just sit there and say, Henry? I am trying to defeat the compound! <laughs> he's like, he's a huge dude. He was like over six, you want to see, he's about Kissel's size. Yeah. He's like right. bigger than Kissel, he, big muscular dude who was just nuts. And they said that he would just take all of these drugs. And the problem was is that he would just rip apart the labs yeah. because they literally couldn't control him because he was bigger how, than everybody. Isn't this how the Green Goblin was created? Yes. <laughs> Yes. So uh, this guy in 1953, he'd been working not only with the military, but also uh, with the New York State Psychiatric uh, Institute. He traveled to New York City, uh, and he gave a bunch of this compound called EA-1298, which was a version of mescaline. Mm. And the doctors who had a secret contract with the U.S. government injected it into a guy named Harold Blower, who was a professional tennis player. Oh. Now, that is... Her that is a, a bad right turn for a professional tennis player. <laughs> Technically, you should be doing, like, camera commercials, like Andre Agassi. Right. And he was uh, he was actually just in this institute just for depression. It never told that he was part of a military experiment. And what happened to him after he was given this drug, uh, in this order, shock, coma, death. Oh. Uh, yeah, he died. He didn't go on to win Wimbledon. Wimbledon, huh? <laughs> Wimbledon. 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 You, you tell me, you kind of tennis player was in a Wimbledon. <laughs> Wimbledon. And even the people at the Institute, they didn't know what they were giving this guy. Uh, Sim just walked up to him and was like, hey, give him this shit, see what happens. Uh, and since they had signed a contract, they had no choice but to do it. And one of the hmm. researchers actually said, this is a direct quote, he said, we didn't know whether it was dog piss or what it was, it was that we was giving them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But also, the thing about these guys, too, is that what, I, I like to remember every time these guys got a dose of something, it is a hundred times more than what you would normally do. Like, literally, oh, six to a hundred times. It's pure. Yeah. It's kind of like how when the government does tests on, like, marijuana mm -hmm. and their big things, it's like people who smoke upwards of 10 marijuana cigarettes a right. day. And it's just like, if I smoke 10 joints a day, <laughs> I would move. You might, you might become a great rapper. You never know. I know, maybe. That was the thing with the, uh, with the monkeys and the uh, marijuana experiment. They just filled that room. They yeah. just hop box. Yes. I mean, no one smokes with like liquid that. Tea, with liquid THC. LSD. Right. A cloud of liquid LSD that's being forced into your face. Like, it is it is a great, again, great 4th of July. It's yeah. really not so much the drugs. It's just the surrounding, uh, their surroundings while on these drugs yeah. were so, it was a hospital. Oh, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll talk about this later, but definitely. It's all just, it's all horrible. And you're yeah. forced to be doing, like, weird activities. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. So, Sim, he was famous for giving, peop uh, giving people LSD without any warning whatsoever. He'd He's mix them into cocktails at parties. Uh, he'd put it into the water supply. Uh, some people, they He's were... an arch villain. <laughs> <laughs> no, more of a merry prankster, like a King Kessie yeah. type. Put guy. an LSD in the water 
water supply. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yep. Some uh, one uh, test subject that he had uh, euphoria followed by severe depression, anxiety, and panic. Uh, one another test subject uh, said that um, intelligence specialist said that he was blindfolded and placed in an isolation chamber. Uh, but not everything that Sim sampled was deadly. Uh, he used Demerol. Constantly, mm. constantly, uh, constantly. He used LSD many, many times. He used red oil, which we mentioned earlier. He used that a ton. He uh, once mixed of crystallized a psilocybin. Yes, all this stuff. He just mixed it, all of this crystallized psilocybin and just water and just drank. Well, that's the drug that is found in mushrooms. And then he's like, everybody turned green <laughs> that he saw. And I love this. Like I feel very light, almost weightless. And for me, that's quite a trick. Oh yeah, <laughs> heavy set man. So nineteen. 19- can, can you imagine also just being like, oh man, I gotta go out to coffee with Doctor Sim this afternoon. I better clear out my next three days. Yep. <laughs> I never know what to me. <laughs> Does this water taste like purple to you? Hmm. So nineteen. 19- it better taste like purple. I hope I put a whole bunch of purple in it. Oh. Yeah. I'm supposed to go to the fucking DMV, man. Come on, man. I'm you don't got to drive when you can fly, you my friend. The store, man. So, 1959, uh, they took all responsibility for volunteers away from Sim. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, all responsibility. <laughs> uh, and they eventually they gave eventually gave him the title of chief scientist, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And they You're trend- king of the scientists. And he's like, thank God, I've already made this crown of coffee stirs. <laughs> Only in the U.S. government, when you continually mess up, you get promoted. Yeah. That's <laughs> insane. How many times you, you poison people with mescaline and eventually become the boss. Yeah, you're the chief now, so. So they transferred all control over to this guy, Colonel Douglas Lindsay. He was a Korean War veteran. Uh, he was an army surgeon, kind of a mash fella. You know, he mm, was out yeah. there in the Korean War taking care of people. Athletic, small-framed. Uh, he had dash mark lips. Huh. I don't know what that means. Thin lips. So we saw a lot Thin of tragedy, lips. but he always maintained a nice, light sense of humor mm-hmm. about it. He drove a pink convertible everywhere, always kept mm. the top down, rain or shine. Uh, he had a... <laughs> Whoa, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Always had the top down, no matter what. This guy was tripping... Balls. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, uh, so, I don't know, maybe, do you guys know what a swagger stick is? I believe it's something like, remember, you know, like, in like the 1920s and you see that tiny cane? It's like yeah. a tiny cane? Yeah. I think mm. it's a tiny cane. Yeah, if you bend, if you lean on it, it just breaks immediately, but it's good for, like, whapping people with. Yeah. <laughs> he had one of those, but it made out of a human arm bone, a fibula. Uh, uh, wait, he, I'm, so he's in charge of the volunteers? Yeah, yeah, he's in That's charge great, of the volunteers. Great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a master parachutist. Uh, every once in a while after lunch, he'd just jump out of the second floor window. Perfect. That's not disorienting at all. There's they, no way well, you just like give a guy, you give a guy like right. 100 doses of LSD and just be like, excuse me, I got to go out for a second and then just jump out the fucking window. <laughs> so the Watch chief of this entire out. thing has done more drugs than Hunter S. Thompson can possibly dream about. And then they hire a guy who has a bone for a cane. Mm-hmm. And then he just constantly jumps out the second floor window every now and again. Yeah. Right. Mm. And, and he also used to play little pranks. He would uh, just uh, he was just be casually having a conversation with someone. He'd have a comp. He had uh, a little beaker of VX next to him and be like, All right, well, let me show you what this does. And he'd just dip his finger into the beaker of VX. He'd rub it on the back of a shaved rabbit. And then as the animal died, because it died very quickly, he'd just walk around the room and stick his finger in a martini glass. Glass and just kind of swish it around and be like, mm, that's fine. 
Hmm. Can you imagine having to put in like off days, like for work with this boss and like going up to him, just being like, hey, so I'm trying to go out to Wisconsin um, for like a week to see my aunt or something. So can you just sign this release and stuff? He's like, just wait here a second. And then just <laughs> chokes a fucking dog to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Oh, I guess I could stick around. Vacation can wait. So doctor that served <laughs> under this guy, uh, he said, this is what he said about him. Hey, Henry, you want to take this one? I thought that they were crazy. <laughs> I was going to New York, and Colonel Lindsay tells me, how about taking a vial of nerve gas to New York to make a demonstration? And I'm looking at the guy and thinking, if I have an accident on the throughway, I could kill thousands of people. <laughs> thousands of people. I said, No. It's that simple. <laughs> no, no, of course not. What are you talking about? And he doesn't even say if he's taken to make a demonstration. I just imagine him just stirring a martini and he's got like one of those like pink, like bandolero hats on and he's yeah. wearing like just overalls with no clothes underneath that just is going like, hey, how about you get that uh, nerve gas and uh, get a trip to New York, huh? Take it on vacation. <laughs> Like, like licking his martini like a dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you were, he's tripping so hard, his pupils have dilated to his whole eyeballs. Yeah, his eyes have just fallen out of his head and he constantly puts them back in. <laughs> so as far as the psychochemical research at Edgewood goes, as I said at the beginning, you know, these guys did Kevlar research. Uh, they did research on, you know, human respiratory systems. It was a relatively small part, but there was also just a bunch of weird shit going on. Yeah. Uh, one day this guy kept him, walks into his office, finds a huge barrel sitting in the corner, an oil drum barrel just sitting in the corner, has no idea why it got there or how it got there. So oh, after barrel, a huh? <laughs> What's that? This is a, this is a table? What is this? Hmm, I don't care. Martini time! <laughs> martini time! So after a couple days, his curiosity gets the best of, of a him. A couple of days? A couple of days, yeah. You they're know, army guys. They're, they're taught to not question things. At some point, don't you just look around and be like, where did we go wrong? <laughs> what happened to us, guys? So he finally, during Late one night, he opens it up, and he looks inside, and he found dozens of these small little glass vials, and every single one of the vials had pure, filled to the brim with pure LSD, and he calculated later what the street value of this barrel was, a billion dollars. It also had it 200 fake mustaches, mm -hmm. <laughs> a bunch of Vaseline. A bunch of the canaries, live canaries in there, <laughs> all just shit. Because the idea was that you open the barrel and the canaries fly out, and that first and fucking trips you up. That's and then cool, you gotta yeah. dig through the fake mustaches and be like, "What the fuck is this barrel of fake mustaches?" And then nothing but pure fucking trippy dippy saliva town yeah. for and, yourself. And then at the end of the week, the barrel vanished. No one said anything to him about it. No one told him what it was for, Where why did it, it was go? There. Where did it go? I mean, fuck, I don't know. The water supply? The only it, for that much, he said there were just, he said that there was enough LSD to get several hundred million people high God, in one man. barrel. So cool, man. Yeah. So, I mean, Fucking, who knows? Where was this happened? when I was at Florida State? <laughs> I know. It's just gonna, this sounds like we, a... So, not surprisingly, no matter what Ketchum or the other guys said, uh, it was actually fairly difficult to get volunteers for this entire thing. So, they actually... And this is another fuck-up the government has done again and again, is that a, they established monthly quotas to make sure they had enough research subjects. And anytime you suggest quotas into any sort of government system, and hell, any sort of system, System, then people that don't 
you're going to lie to people. You're yes. going to yeah. fuck with people and you're have to get cut and they have to make they have to make their quotas. So they're yeah. going to do whatever it takes to make the quotas, which is telling them you're coming here to some test summer clothing. You're coming here to this is you were a part, you're testing cough medicine. They started lying to these guys and not mm -hmm. telling them what they were and they would just show up into a doctor's office and get stuck with a needle and they would be like what are you sticking me with and they're like you that is classified. We can't answer that. Right. Yeah. And then they'd leave. Yeah, they tell them it would be human behavioral studies, equipment testing, medical research, and they'd always they didn't lie them, to him. No. <laughs> I mean, technically, no, but that's it. like saying, like, I didn't cheat on you. I <laughs> cheated with you because you yeah. were in the same house. <laughs> and they always tell him, you know, you're going to get a bunch of shore leave. You're going to get three days leave. You're going to be in Maryland. Man, you can go to New York City. You can go to Washington, D.C. You can go to Boston oh, if you I, want I would to. not go to New York right now. We just we just gassed uh, the streets <laughs> in New York. So you want to go to Boston maybe. That would be good. <laughs> yep. And any time that uh, they left the entire time, they get a letter of commendation. And not only that, they'd also get time away from Vietnam. They wouldn't have to. You get two weeks away from Vietnam, and they tell you right. you're just going to be hanging out. You're going to get a shitload of leave. You're going to take that. And they say, like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is you got to put on, a like, a gas mask hat, and you're going to be running around, and it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Man, those guys were really damned if they do, huh? Damned yes. if they don't. Vietnam or going and getting drugged up by the U.S. government. Yeah. I'll tell you, my dad had, like, a my dad volunteered for Vietnam to get away from his horrible family, and then they just put him on a submarine uh, looking at Cuba. And he literally lived like McHale's Navy. They just yeah. like played pranks and got drunk and like would like, and the commander would just grind them in like Zabrowski. <laughs> when they actually did tell them what that they were about to get something like fairly serious, I could say like, okay, we're gonna give you this gas. However, the worst that's gonna happen, you might get a runny nose. Your chest might be a little tight. It'll be fine. Possible and, death. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this guy, John Ross, in 1961, he said that he was given Soman, which is a, another nerve agent, and he said only when the needle was already in his arm did he overhear a doctor saying, you know what, that's actually lethal. That could yeah, be lethal. He's like putting it in, like, oh. oh, Johnson, what is this thing? It's like, I don't know, I think... All right. I think it may be lethal. I'm not really sure. All right, well, so anyway, let's, you guys want to go out for lunch after this? Or? What was that? What, what was that? Oh, nothing. No, nothing, Mr. Ross. Absolutely nothing. Don't worry. There's nothing there. I mean, there's coming out something kind of legal about this. I'm, I'm not really sure I'm what it is, you know, but it's fine. It's fine. It's maple right. syrup. We're putting maple syrup in you. <laughs> so, Andrew, do you want to uh, read the uh, what John Ross, uh, John Ross said what actually happened to him? I, start, I started having convulsions. I started vomiting. One of the guys standing over me said, We gave you a little too much. <laughs> they told me to walk it off. I started to panic. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And for years, and then so Dean Warmer came in and shut down the whole operation. <laughs> this animal house has to go. It really does have that kind of atmosphere. It has it a frat house feel to the whole thing. It's a wacky, it's like a wacky madcap John Landis movie. It really is. Yeah. But and, it just destroyed these guys' lives. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And on the next episode, we're going to get into the actual LSD experiments. We're going to get into how badly these guys were fucked up for decades afterwards and finally the government getting a little bit of comeuppance for what they actually did yeah 
Um, all you right, know. well, let's just leave it there. Very So, yeah, so stuff. this week, I'm glad if you were sober, it's a good one to be sober for because you got some information. But mm-hmm. next week, when that episode comes out, before you even fucking open up your computer, you're going to want to roll up a fucking thick old horse leg for Ooh. yourself and put it down yourself into your throat hole because we are going to trip you the fuck out because these guys tripped Nuts. When you oh, hear yeah. when you hear some of these testimonies, it's pretty fucking incredible. I mean, yeah, it honestly could be it's either a, a rock and roll documentary like when Janis Joplin and the whole gang was on that train mm-hmm. going through Canada. Oh, I love that. And they're just stoned off their asses. Yes. Or a, a terrible uh, government military experiment gone awfully wrong. Yeah. It's I kind mean, of both. if you've ever done acid before, imagine doing acid in a tiny concrete cube while an army guy asks you to do math. <laughs> right. Well, I did do uh, acid once in a tiny uh, concrete dorm room while my gay friend asked me why I found him attractive or did not find him attractive. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. That was that's a bad. That's bad. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. He was, I, I liked his hair, but I didn't like his uh, didn't like his arms. Penis. You I forgot how I got out of that one. We watched a bunch of pro wrestling videos. Uh, Weird. That's, that's, you see, that's, 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 uh, that's giving him the wrong impression. It doesn't matter, Henry. I was young. Um, <laughs> well, um, yeah, that you know that's it for this week. Don't yeah. forget to go to uh, cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left and uh, donate to the show. You can donate anything you want. Even a yeah. dollar helps, but if you donate $25 or more or $40 or more for international orders, you get a free last podcast on the left T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just ordered the T-shirts. Uh, they'll be in here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and we're as soon as we get them, we're going to do as quick of a turnaround as we can so if you ordered t-shirts mm-hmm. first run uh you should have them within i hope uh three weeks to a month very One soon or very soon badass and yeah. we're gonna have other t-shirts coming out in the future you guys but thank you so much to the people who already donated it mm-hmm. means a lot to us it like does. it's helping us do some stuff around the, the, the office um not it's not just buying a kegerator no, we haven't um, even bought that yet. We haven't bought it yet. No, but no, it's it's very. It, thank you guys so much. And and do these iTunes things too. Yeah, people like this iTunes comment, rate uh, and review. Yeah. Uh, that helps us pop up. That's actually what pops us up into the top. Uh, the top one hundred is uh, the more rates and reviews you get, yeah. uh, the higher you are uh, to the top at iTunes, and that'll enable even more people uh, to uh, listen to last podcast on the left. And of course, October fifth, we got that sausage party. So yeah. come on, uh, come on out to that. Oh hell yeah! And I'm just gonna be sitting here in my fucking mountain castle, mm-hmm. fucking smoking my smoking my fucking green orbs, man. Yeah, Henry. Fucking, I'm around the corner from this taco stand. It's it's insane. I feel like you're always around the corner from a taco stand. <laughs> Everywhere you go, if you if you will it, it's yeah. about perception. Henry, tell people how you do. Uh, 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 how's LA going for you, real quick? LA's good. LA's so very good. Work is good. Yeah. Um, we are in the middle of episode four of A to Z right now, and I think it's very good. I think people are going to be really surprised by the show. I think it's very funny. Awesome. Um, it's not necessarily for the last podcast crowd, but please watch <laughs> it and refrain from using any racial slurs on the NBC page, if you would. <laughs> that would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, no racial slurs anywhere, really. Yeah, Everything else nowhere. is great. Oh, and go you know join the last podcast facebook page and don't use any racial slurs there either yeah there's so many other words to be said yeah a lot of lot of words a lot of words but uh, most importantly everyone hail yourselves hail satan hail gene hail me Ooh. and that's the sound oh right, we'll talk to you slap no jesus
I'm watching him do it right now. I've got the video link up. All right, we'll talk to you soon. That's enough. <laughs> and magustulations. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.